I want to start off by, uh, well, I'll start off by doing the footballs, okay? I want to find out where the oldest dad in the room is, okay? Oldest dad in the room. Oh, all the women. Why do I hear women's voices? Why do you think I would give a woman a ball on Father's Day? Anybody? 90? Not, what, 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 Holly? How old? 84. 87? 88? What was it? 90? 93? 93? Give him a game ball, Mike! Somebody catch it for him! Are you ready? Are you ready? Somebody catch it for him! Here it comes! Bring him the game ball, Mike. You got it. Come on. I know you weren't a quarterback, Ready? but come on. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Yeah! Hit that girl in the head. Awesome. All right. Um, awesome. Congratulations. 93. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, and let me just say right up front, some of you are like visiting and you're like, this is the weirdest church ever. It is. Okay? Just know that. All right? Um, I had my neighbors come for the first time last, last night, and she said, I didn't feel like I've been to church. And I said, that's a good thing. It's all right, you know? Um, I am gonna, we are going to give a game ball to a non-dad today, because you guys may not know this, but uh, one of the soldiers that was, uh, that was killed in Afghanistan, Aaron Toppin, is from Parkview. So um, one of those five that was killed recently, um, this past week, and... Um, he had lost his dad um, just back in February, so uh, Pam is here, and the whole family is sitting down here. So this is the mom of Aaron, who uh, gave his life serving our country, and I thought on Father's Day, there is a more appropriate thing than a dad, and let's give the game ball to Pam today. excited. That's fun. <laughs> okay, you can sit down. I'm not giving anything else away. And we'll, uh, we'll talk some more about that along the way. Um, for those of you that are new, and I've been trying to explain it to Mike, how this thing happened is we've always had a goal of wanting to reach the guys. A lot of churches are pretty good at reaching ladies, you know, singing lady kind of songs and, you know, <laughs> having lady kind of services. And, um, and, and uh, that's just, my wife and I, you know, growing up, part of the church, just like you and your wife, but um, we, we always saw this disconnect between the world and the church. It's, it's what your friend Bill talks about, the holy discontent. I mean, he, he put a name on it, but that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I've told this story. I, I remember being in the back of a Mustang on my way to, to high school in Enid, Oklahoma, when the Doobie Brothers song, Jesus is Just All Right With Me, came out on the radio. And, and I'm with these guys, and, and, and the Doobie Brothers are singing, Jesus is Just All Right With Me. And I'm like, that's awesome. The Doobie Brothers are singing about Jesus. Wouldn't it be cool if my church 
could do a Doobie Brothers song, you know, maybe these guys that I hang out with, that I ride to school with every day, who, who don't know Jesus, maybe they'd actually want to come to church. Because I know they don't want to come to my church. Because the way we do things is, you know, it's, it's not, it's not going to appeal to them. So it's, it was that same thing. So eight years ago, I guess it's been, maybe, maybe it's been ten, I don't even know. Um, I, uh, I decided to ride a Harley in on Father's Day. And, uh, and do this born to be wild thing. And so it was just, a, it was just like, you know, this would be fun. Let's do this, you know. Well, then everybody's like, okay, well, what are you going to do next year? Well, that's the problem when you do something, you know. Like you win the Super Bowl, everybody's like, okay, what are you going to do next year, right? <laughs> we, we, we won't talk about that. But, uh, but <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the, the deal is, I, you know, I came up with something the next year, the next year, and uh, some of the ideas were pretty cool. Some of the ideas were pretty lame. One of the ideas was extraordinarily dangerous. How many of you were here for the horse when I rode the horse in? Okay. Oh, such a, such a bad idea. Uh, uh, I still have nightmares about that, and uh, we, we lost our insurance company over that one, but that's okay. Um, the, the idea, just so that you understand, and the reason that I would bring in, you know, Mike or, or any of the crazy things that we do, is that we believe that, that Jesus wants to be connected with the people. And, and he was always telling stories. He, was always, he talked in the language. He taught in the language of the common people. He didn't use the, you know, he didn't use the highfalutin language. He taught to the people in the common language. He told stories. He told parables. That's how the whole thing went, okay? And so we believe that's what the church ought to be about today. And Father's Day is over the top, okay? So we do, you know, normally we don't sing about the bears. We usually just sing about Jesus. But Father's Day is over the top because we want to make you feel welcome. So uh, that's the background, background story of Father's Day, and we want to honor you. Let's talk to Mike, get some great stories. Um, first of all, could we just... Could you just come clean on Minnesota? Could you just ask for, you know, absolution from the congregation, <laughs> just right up front, so that they can kind of get their feelings out of the way? Am I right, guys, or am I right? I mean, what was that all about? I, I thought I thought this was supposed to be a great morning. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you didn't tell me. It's about going downhill. This <laughs> <laughs> kind of taking a cheap shot. <laughs> The more comfortable I get with you, that's the way it goes. <laughs> I see. Um, but no, Minnesota was uh, very good for my wife and I, and the fact that Leslie Frazier was there certainly made it helpful. But um, we were ready to leave uh, Minnesota uh, after the first year we got there, but the, but the Lord kept us there two more years. Yeah. And, um, but it was a great experience for us, a uh, growth experience for my wife and I. And um, there's just some, some great things that have happened this off season and in terms of uh, the Lord really uh, equipping me and showing me sort of the vision for our country. Mm, good. We'll talk about that. Tell us some, uh, tell us some fun bear stories from back in the day. I mean, these guys want to hear some of, the, some of the inside scoop. Tell us about some fun stuff back then. Well, you know, I, I guess um, obviously the first guy that I would start with is Walter Payton. Mm. And um, I'm going to take a risk. <laughs> I'm going to take a risk and, and let you in on one of the stories that, that I, I don't think I've ever told. Um, but I was thinking about it, and I said, you know what? It is Father's Day, and it is for fathers. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story. I didn't even ask my wife about it, and that's not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Trust so, me. But anyways, uh, this is my first year uh, making the Pro Bowl. And so um, it's Walter and I. We're in Hawaii together, and, and I had no idea that there was this uh, initiation, or whatever there was, for uh, first-year All-Pro guys. So I'm, I'm just really thankful to be there, really happy to be there, and just hanging around Walter. And Walter's kind of taking me everywhere and introducing me to different people. And I'm wondering what the initiation is. Well, one day, maybe middle of the week, I, I'm, uh, I'm walking around in practice, and, and Walter, uh, Walter is saying, uh, Mike, we, we, we are... We, we, we need to move, we, we, need to, we need to get warm, we need to get hot, we need to... And it was about 100 degrees in Hawaii. <laughs> so I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? Oh, come on, come on, Mike, we're gonna, let's run over here, let's run over there. Hey, touch this one, we really want to get ready. So I'm there and I'm hot, and all of a sudden, I realized something. Walter put something in my jog. And, and uh, just as everybody is about to come out, I feel it. It was like... <laughs> and, and I couldn't move. And when I, when I tried to move, it was like, oh! <laughs> and, and Walter was just kind of, Mike, you okay? <laughs> and I'm looking at him because I knew he knew something about this. You okay, Mike? But I was so furious about it. <laughs> He never owned up to it. <laughs> so I, I, I just kind of, I, I walked up to the coach. I said, coach, I got I to gotta go to the locker room. And he was kind of laughing too. <laughs> go on, we'll wait for you. So I'm kind of... <laughs> it was a very long morning. And I really wanted to get him, but he never owned up to it. Walter, you know what happened? No? What? Yeah. The old ice, icy hot. The old icy oh. hot trick. That's great. Oh. Uh, wow. Um, uh, strangest character on the Bears. I'm, I'm guessing we can all probably give a, a shot. You just go ahead, ladies and gentlemen. On the count of three, shout out. Who do you think the weirdest character was on the Bears, 85? Huh? Well, I heard several. Uh, Steve McMichael. It was a Mac, for sure. Steve, Steve McMichael would win it. Now, I don't think I've talked about this since I get to it's a good be day. a little more comfortable. <laughs> tell you a little bit about the locker room, um, the day of the game. Um, it, it's such a strange place to be because everybody's expressing themselves in different ways before the game. So you have um, <clears throat> Wilbur Marshall, and, and I'm going to... Wilbur Marshall uh, was always in a corner with a towel over his head with a jock strap on. No, that was it. <laughs> Something about jock today. And you could not walk in front of him. And he's standing there, you know... <sighs> and, and everybody's kind of walking by him, just kind of looking at him. Because it was a strange sight. 
and then uh, Dan Hampton and Steve McMichael would walk in together after having a, a, a long night, of just Dan and Steve. And both of them are kind of walking in like this, oh man. You know, and I always thought, how are they gonna play? Steve would go left to the locker room, uh, to the bathroom, and he'd start throwing up. <laughs> Dan walked to the back, and he, something happens in the room. And he comes out of the room, and he's like, all right, let's go get out! One day I made the mistake of asking Dan to kind of, you know, loosen me up. We're out on the field, and, and uh, you know, I, was, I just couldn't get loose. I said, Dan, hit me a couple of times. Say what? I said, hit me a couple of times. All right, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? You're trying to kill me. You said loosen me up. Don't ask me then. <laughs> but, uh... It, it, it was a, a very interesting team every week, <laughs> yeah. every week. What was it like to be a, uh, a Christian in the middle of all that? And, uh, you know, talk, talk about that. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Mike grew up, dad was a pastor. He's grown up as a believer all of his life. But, um, you know, the journey that you've been on is not a normal one. What was it like? Well, pastor, I think in... Um in our locker room, uh, you know, everybody knew that I was uh, a believer. Everybody knew that I was a Christian. But it was, uh, I get the question, you know, man, that must have been really tough, you know, in that locker room. And really, it isn't. And, and I really don't think it's difficult for any athlete, to be honest, mm -hmm. in the locker room. When you're walking in. Mm. But for the people that come in the locker room and are saying one thing over here with one group and they're saying something else with another group, it's very difficult. Mm. And those people make it difficult for people like me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, they they so make it difficult for all. You're exactly right. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's really the hang up. If you're gonna be a believer in sports, you you got to walk it. You got to walk it. Mm. As long as you walk it, they may not come around you very often. They may not say much very often, but it'll come later on. There have been so many guys that uh, uh, that were on that team that just come back and say, Mike, Mike, now I know what you feel. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I know where you're at. You know, I got saved, man. I got saved. I, I got turned on to the Lord. Now I know what you're talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. So those are the stories, and those are the guys that sat next to me, and they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, but later on, as long as you're steady, as long as you're consistent, as long as you're real, um, it, it tends to be something very special mm -hmm. later on. I, I, it really... It, one of the things I, I think to me, I mean, first of all, you guys don't know this, uh, these shirts, you, you're going to hear about the shirts. He's got six of his seven kids out there. Um, you get a chance to meet his kids. I, I think the epitome of, you know, what kind of a dad are you uh, kind of shows up at some point along the way in, in your offspring and his kids are awesome and you're going to get a chance to meet them. But, but let's just all be honest. Okay. You're like the, you're the intimidator, right? And you're this, you're this, 
you're this guy, you're this guy's guy, and I think the beauty of why I wanted to have you here for Father's Day was because I know that you've raised daughters, you know, very lovely, wonderful, God-fearing daughters that, that know that you're a sucker for them, and the guys on your team knew that you would lay down your life for them, but they also knew that you were going to pop that dude across the line, and you were going to pop him hard. And there's just, something, there's just something about that that I think is missing in Christianity, is being able to be strong and to be, to be the person that you need to be, but to be real at the same time. And I think that's why, that's why we've always respected you so much, is because you, were a guy, you weren't a guy that lived out your faith by you know, just being a good, a good pro. You were a guy that, that did it, and you did it hard. And, and you did it with determination, but you still did it well. Am I right or am I right? I'm right. Um, I remember when I first met uh, Buddy Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, probably within the first week. And I walked into Buddy's office, and Buddy says, um, I hear that you're one of them Christians. Uh, I guess you need a crutch. And I wow. said, Coach, I said, you know, you, you don't know me, but I, I don't need a crutch. Um, I said, I, I promise you, whatever your preconceived notions are about being a Christian, I will show you on the field that it's not that way. Real Christian men are warriors. We are warriors. Thank you. We might not all be as tough a warrior as you, but we're warriors. Um, let's talk about, well, I mean, nice segue. Let's talk about this courage, faith, and love. We've got these t-shirts out there. I want, want you to grab one, but tell us about this journey. This is kind of the off-season journey for you. God's been, and, and I, I, I love that. Every once in a while, you got to get away from the grind and what's going on and let God speak into your life. What's the courage thing about? Well... Uh, first of all, courage, it, it just, um, it was a, rem- a reminder for me of how this whole journey started. Uh, and it started in 1985. Uh, 1985, of course, the, the Bears won the Super Bowl, but I was um, defensive MVP that year. I was uh, newlywed. We were getting ready to have our first child. I had uh, just ne- negotiated a, a contract. Um, I mean, I, I should have been riding high, but it was the lowest point of my life. And when I think back on that time, um, I had been kind of cruising along uh, in this Christian walk and faith and Christ and all these things and uh, not really having a personal relationship, but, but I knew God and, and, and I believed in God, but uh, I was very lukewarm. And so as I begin my walk through that time, I just remember uh, the thing that I was most afraid of was having a child, knowing that I was not ready. So I had all this stuff in my hands, all this stuff that I had my hands wrapped around, and it was wrapped around me. And I went and I looked in the mirror and I asked the Lord, (laughs) Lord, can you use me? Can you use this man? I'm reading the stories in the Bible 
about how you use David, how you use Joseph, how you use uh, uh, Isaac, and how, it, it, the list goes on. I said, Lord, I want you to use me. And the challenge came back for me to have the courage. Do you have the courage to put down your stuff? What's in the bags? What's in the bag? Wow. Um, everything is in that bag. Everything, every bad thought, every uh, bit of guilt that I feel, every mistake that I made, every word that my father called me, every stupid, every dumb, every ignorant, every loser is in that bag. It, it's all in the bag. And there are times when people are talking to me, particularly my wife, and she's saying something, and what she's saying is not coming from her, it's coming from the bag, hmm. because I've been trained and conditioned to listen to what's in the bag. Yeah. And over years, that stuff, that stuff becomes very real to me. And it is, as a man, having the courage to get in front of that mirror and say, I can't go any further with this. I'm not packing any more bags. I'm not packing any more lies. I am going to come before the Lord and become the man that God has created me to be, and I am going to accept his challenge and take by grace what he did with his son Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give him my stuff in exchange. And if I can do that, then I got a chance to do something very special with my life. Hmm. So that's the courage part. Yeah. Changing, your, changing your family's destiny starts with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it can't happen without the faith, without the second word. Well, faith is, the, faith is the next step. You know, once I, once I take that step of courage... And, and that, is, that is the hardest step. It, it is very hard to stand before a holy God and say, Lord, use me. I, I don't want this anymore. I've got a child that I'm trying to raise. And if, if I don't get rid of this stuff, I'm going to pass all this stuff on to this kid. And, and I want my kid to have a fresh start. Now, can you imagine trying to live life? Many of you know how you're living life with all this stuff. And it's confusing, it's frustrating, and it's heavy. But when we give it to the Lord and receive by grace through our faith what it is that he's given me, now I have the opportunity to have freedom you know, the Lord is saying, come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden, burdened down. And that's what stuff is. And after a while, stuff turns into stress. And it begins to break the body down. It's heavy. Faith is the thing that allows me to get in the word of God. And that's what I did. That's what saved my life in 1985. Not Super Bowl. Not the Super Bowl. 
Super Bowl was meeting a great expectation with a lot of great guys, but the Super Bowl can't take me anywhere. I don't get up every morning thinking about the Super Bowl. I don't get up every morning looking at that trophy, but I tell you what, I got to find this every morning. Mm. Wow, amen. Every morning. And then it's the challenge of knowing what's in the Word of God for me because what's in this Bible should be in me because it is me, the Father, that has to lead my family, not my wife. I, I, I want to be the spiritual leader of my home because I believe that's what God called all men to be, the spiritual leaders of their home. I want to be the one that's saying, son, I, I don't understand. Help me understand what you're saying. I, I want to be the one that when my wife and I are having a disagreement, say, you know what, sweetheart, I'm wrong. I want to be the first to say I'm wrong. In, in, instead of you and I having an argument mm -hmm. between you and me, no, I, I'm, I'm going to be wrong because I love you. I want my kids to understand that I, I will go the extra mile to help them. And, and I'm telling my kids as they get older, look, I'm your father and I'm telling you because I love you, not only because I love you, but because I want you to be successful and I don't want to be in your way. I want to help guide you with God's grace, with God's wisdom, and I want to become in, in a partnership with God saying, Lord, Help me, what do I need to do to help develop this kid into what you want him to be? Help me. Not my stuff. Because if I still have my stuff, I'm telling you that kid has no chance. Because I'm going to handicap him mm -hmm. just like I was handicapped, just like my father was handicapped, right. just like his father was handicapped. And basically what I did in my family said, it is enough. Yeah, yeah. It stops here, and it's going to start with me. Amen. <laughs> but it has to exemplify itself through love. Talk about that. Well, um, I'm the last of 10 kids, and, and I've got, I had, um, five older brothers and my family was was not a great experience um, matter of fact my family was horrific uh, my dad and my brothers uh, my dad did not treat my brothers right did not put his arms around them did not tell them he loved them um, and it's a shame. It really is because I watch each and every one of my brothers walk that plank and jump. Every one of my brothers could still be alive. Every one of my brothers could still be alive. But I, I had a brother at 61. I had a brother at 52. I had a brother at 25. Every one of them felt that they were worthless. And I'm going to tell you, I'm the one in the family. I'm the smallest in the family. 
And I'm not the smartest in the family. But very early on, my mother taught me one verse, and I held on to that all my life, and I believed it from a kid. And that is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I took that to the max. I believed it. Yeah. But for some reason, my brother spent a lot more time with my father. My oldest brother always said, you know what? I should have never been born. I should have never been born. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. And, and, and it, when it came time for him, he went to the hospital, the doctor told him, you need to do this, this, and this. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I, I don't even care. Nobody cares anyways. With that kind of attitude, he could have still been alive, but he refused. He was tired of living. Hmm. And, and when you, you see that, and, and you see the power of a father, and I've seen it, I've seen the difference that it makes when I put my arm around my kid after he's made his worst mistake and say, you know what, son, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand this. I don't care how many kids are out there. There are hundreds of kids, thousands of kids. But if I had a chance, son, if I had a chance to choose the kid that I want, I want you. I'm going to bet on you every time. What about being a husband? How does the love thing work? Well, I, I think it all Because we're all trying to figure that out, honestly. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> but I, I, I think... I think the biggest thing, it, I, I think it all works together. If, you know, I've had a lot of guys say, hey, hey Mike, how do, you, how do you do this? How do you get this right? How do you, uh, how do you raise your kids so they, they get it? How do you, so you know what? I said the greatest piece of advice that I got very early on from another ball player, and I really don't know who he was, but... He said, Mike, if you love the wife, if, if you love the wife, really love her as Christ called us to, the way Christ loved the church, if you love your wife that way, your kids will get it. Your kids will get it. And I didn't understand what he was saying at that time, but, but, but what he meant was, Mike, if you serve her if if you let her know that she is important to you if you find out what's important to her you know I've seen so many guys go out and buy a Harley and bring it home for their wives hey look what I got you <laughs> she can't even hold it up <laughs> You're trying to kill me. But it's, what does she like? I, I, I want to know, I wanted to know my wife, so I want to know what kind of ice cream she likes. I want to know what is her favorite music, who is uh, 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 her favorite person to be around. Um, 
When my wife turned 40 years old, we had a party, and I invited all of her friends. Now, I will never throw another surprise birthday party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never done that. She, she called me a couple of times while I was trying to set, so I was trying to sing her a song. I wrote a song, and I was trying to sing it. I was practicing at Willow Creek, <laughs> and I forgot to pick up my son. And there were a couple of things happening. You know, men can't do a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm there singing this song, and I'm practicing, and tears are coming from my eyes. She's going to love this. She called me, where are you? <laughs> Where am I supposed to be? <laughs> We've got seven kids. I got six. You're supposed to have only one. <laughs> so I get off the phone. I don't know if I'm throwing her a party. But it, it was one of the best things that I've ever done because it was for her. Her favorite food was there, her favorite friends were there, her favorite place to be was there, and we made it happen. And that's what love is supposed to be. Love is supposed to be about the other person and not us. Love is supposed to be about my kids and not me. Yes. So. That's the way, that's the way it's supposed to work. And that becomes the blueprint because it came from the Bible and then your kids get it. Your kids get it. Yeah, that's beautiful. So there's uh, there are people out there, but especially dads, who are trying to figure out, okay, yeah, I got the baggage from all the past. Um, how do I let go of that? <clears throat> I want to have the courage. I need the faith, I need the love. How do I do that? And um, how does this Jesus thing work in? Just tell them in a few seconds, a uh, few minutes, what you think is um, you know, the most important thing that they could possibly know, where your power comes from. I think first and foremost, it's just um, coming before a holy God and admitting that you can't do it. I mean, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. I, I, it doesn't qualify. The only thing that really qualifies is a willing heart. Uh, a sincerity to say, Lord, help me become the man that you call me to be. I, I want to be everything that you call me to be so that I can help my kids become all that you created them to be. They're going to have enough issues. Mm. I don't want to be one of them. Mm. I want them to know that they have my support. And the only way that's going to happen is I know the Word of God and I'm living the Word of God. Not talking the Word of God, but living the Word of God so that they can see it. Um, and if you do that as a father, it is amazing the power that you have. My dad never told me he loved me. He never, ever told me he loved me. My dad never put his arms around me. But in 1985, when I went back to forgive my father, it was the first time that I'd ever hugged him. And there is no hug 
<laughs> like the hug from a father. Mm-hmm. That there is no confirmation wow. like the confirmation that comes from a dad when he says, I love you and I'm proud of you. There, there is nothing like that. Yeah. You even asked him to bless you. That was, that was um, probably the greatest moment. Um, as my dad and I, you know, maybe the last three or four years of his life, um, once we became, we became friends, and um, dad wasn't doing very well, and um, I said, Dad, I said, um, remember the Jacob and Esau story? where Isaac blessed him, I said, Dad, I, I would really appreciate it if you would bless me. And so I got down on my knees, and, and my dad, um, very weak at the time, but he reached out, and he touched my head, and he began to pray. And, and it was one of the greatest prayers I have heard in all my life. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what God has really called me to. This journey that I'm on, it's, it's got many winding roads. But I know one thing. I know that that day was sort of like a seal for whatever it is that I am to do, that was a seal of approval for me to take it to the next level. And uh, I will never forget that day uh, because that day became my rites of passage as a man. Yeah. So let's have one. Let's have that moment right now. Would you, uh, would you pray a blessing over these guys? Um, here's, here's what I want to say, okay? Um, I'm sitting here thinking, you know what, I, I mean, I, I, none of my kids are home from Father's Day, so I've got to find them somewhere, but um, <laughs> I, I, I need to just do that, you know, I mean, I've loved my girls, you know, but, but I, need to, I need to verbally, physically, you know, I've taught the blessing here, that, that whole book from Gary Smalley, but I need to do that, I need to, I need to do that for each one of them, and maybe we need to do that a lot, and I think there are a lot of dads listening to us on the internet, a lot of, a lot of dads that are going to be out there today that are saying, you know what, I need to do that, but, but the only way that happens is, is if we can figure out how to receive, there's no blessing to give if we haven't had it, so, and, and I know a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that can relate to your story, could you just like be a surrogate father for the congregation, everybody watching, and just pray a blessing over them for us? And then we will go, those of us who still have our kids around, and we will go and we will bless our children. Deal? Okay? All right. Will you do that? Yes. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to fellowship this morning. Mm-hmm. And Lord, for all of the fathers that are here, Lord, I just help, you underst- help them to understand how powerful they are as fathers. There are a lot of things that, that mom can do, and mom is so special. Mm-hmm. But there's something that God has put in the heart of every man to give to his children.
it's, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. But I just ask, Lord, that you bless these men. Open their eyes to the fact that they are powerful beyond belief. And with you, Lord, there's nothing that they can't do. Lord, I ask that you bless these men as they go to their families, as they talk with their sons and daughters, as they plan with their wives. Father, I ask that you go ahead of them. Father, I ask that as they step out of their home, that they will have faith that it may not be the way it is, the way that it should be right now, that things may not be great right now. The kid may seem to be a hundred miles away from home, even though he's right there in the house. But Lord, I just ask that by faith you help him understand that he can speak. He can speak your word. He can speak your truth that all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. And with that faith, that we must live by faith and not by sight. Father, help him understand that with you, all things yes. possible. I thank you for every father here. I thank you for every father today. Bless them, Lord, to be the fathers that you have called them to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Will you thank Mike for me? Holy cow. Man, that was... Keeps getting better, buddy. Ah, my gosh, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. You may be seated. We'll we'll do. We're going to do communion. We do communion here every week. Just so you know, if you're visiting with us, um, you don't have to be a part of our church. If you believe in Jesus. We would love for you to commune with us. Um, it's just a special time when basically, if you don't understand the sacrament, you come to Jesus with all of your baggage, whether it came from your dad or, or you know, your mom or, or your ex or your whatever. It came down from someplace in your life. You can come and leave your baggage here. Maybe it's baggage that you created on your, on your own. And you leave it at the cross, and, and you go off and you start again. And yes, there will be more baggage. You know, Mike's not a perfect dad or husband, neither am I by any stretch of the imagination. We're going to keep messing up, but that's the whole beauty of this, of this grace. And this is the reason why we do this every week, is so that we can understand that, that the blood of Jesus covers over all those things. And, and we can look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to the, those voices over there. I'm going to listen to your voice. And you love me, and I'm going to take your blessing, and then I'm going to pass it on. I've already mentioned Aaron, um, our soldier, 19 years old. Um, you know, we're it's just it's it's just horrible but there was something about Aaron that um, wanted to would want you to know and he wants you to know from heaven today that he gave up his life willingly and and, and I can tell you that because this is a kid who um, <laughs> I, 
tell him the one story. When he was like six years old, <clears throat> him and his friends are riding their bikes up back and forth uh, up and down the street, blaring from a little crummy radio out of the garage, I'm proud to be an American. So, so much so that the neighbor finally had to come over and say, could you turn that song off? I can't take it anymore. That's the kind of kid he was, had a big American flag in the back of his truck, and uh, this was a tattoo that Aaron had. <clears throat> this is the drawing on the left, and this is the tattoo on the right. I, I'm not kidding you. This is his tattoo, a cross that said, for those I love, I sacrifice. And both of his grandpa's dog tags, who both served in the military. Um, now, now, you're going to say to yourself, man, uh, I don't understand it, and... and but at the same time, we're all going to say, you know what, if anybody des deserves to be in heaven, it's that kid. And, and I totally agree with you. It's absolutely true. The problem is, um, I'm probably not going to get to do that. I'm, I'm probably not going to get to give my life literally for another person. And the Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And, 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 and I want to be with Aaron someday. And, and you do too. And Aaron, as good a kid as he was, still had sin in his life. He still had things that weren't perfect. And in order to get into heaven, you have to be perfect. And that's why, that's why grace is so awesome. Because Jesus didn't have that tattooed on his body, but that cross that was there, it was, for those I love, I sacrifice. Because Jesus loved us that much, he came down to earth because God loved us. God the Father, who is your real Father, loved us so much that he sent his only Son that whoever would believe in him, whether you're a great American hero like Aaron Toppin or you're just a, a, another one of the jokers that lives in this world, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that includes you. So we're going to pray right now and give you a chance. <clears throat> Father, um, thank you for sending your son. Um, Father's Day, that's just the first place we have to start because uh, for those you loved, you sacrificed your son. And Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice because you gave your life for my freedom. And we honor Aaron today, and we will this week when we, when we lay his body to rest, but we rejoice in the fact that he is reunited with his father and his grandfathers and, and my grandfathers and, and all who've gone before him who trusted in you and not in themselves for their own salvation. Lord, there may be people here today who've been away from the church for a long time and at one point they were a believer, but they're back today because they wanted to hear Samurai Mike and, and in the middle of it maybe got a little taste of who you really are and said, you know what, I need that in my life again. Lord, let this communion time be a place for them to reunite with you. It's the body and the blood of Jesus. Let this be a time when they say, okay, I, I, I want to be back home. There may be people in our audience who have never, ever said that. They, they may have never, ever said, Jesus, I love you and I want you to be my savior. I can't do any of these things without you. Lord, when we look at, at Mike Singletary, the, the Chicago American hero that he is to us, the tough guy that he is, and we hear him say he can't do anything without Christ who gives him strength. I know I can't do anything without it. So there are people here who need to acknowledge that and say, Jesus, I want you to come in. I want you to take the driver's seat. I want you to be on the throne of my life.
Let communion be that time. Be with us as we commune with you now, Jesus. And thank you in your name we pray. Amen.